What's going on? And thank you for joining me for the very first episode of the Hike Files podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Zitzelman. And you may be wondering, who the hell are you and why are you talking about hiking? If you want to get a really good idea of the hikes I've done and backpacking and stuff like that, you can check out my personal YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the show notes or the video description below. It's youtube.com slash at Kurt Zitzelman, K-U-R-T-Z-I-T-Z-E-L. M-A-N, spelled like it sounds. And that's got 16 years of outdoor videos. I've got 50 years of outdoor experience. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say I am an expert or I am professional, uh, but I've got a lot of experience outdoors. I also own Hemlock Mountain Outdoors. I make hammocks, quilts, tarps, pouches, all kinds of outdoor backpacking gear and accessories. I'm my only employee. I make everything by hand. So I've got a little bit of outdoor knowledge. That's as much as you'll ever hear me toot my horn about anything I know. Again, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff. At least I, I, I try not to get that mindset of being an expert in anything because you can always learn. But I'd like to also pass on some of that knowledge. So that's what I'm doing with this podcast. If you are an outdoorsman, outdoorswoman, outdoors person, and you would like to be on the podcast. It's not something I've ever done. I've had one other podcast and a couple different variations of it. But I've never really done show guests. But I'd like to like to start doing that. So if you are interested in being on the podcast, even if it's just for a short bit, let me know. You can reach me at hike.files at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see what we can set up. See if you're a good fit for the show. And we'll go from there. Some of the things that I, I've done outdoors-wise, I'm not really a bushcrafter. I never claim to be a bushcrafter. I do try to learn some bushcrafting skills because I think that stuff is very important, especially I like to backpack. I, I like to day hike. I like to be multiple days out on the trail. And sometimes those bushcrafting skills come in extremely handy. Maybe not so much being able to build a, a fort, you know, out of, of trees and paracord, but, you know, fire building skills and knowing what trees work best for for fire knowing some foraging skills and things like that are very very handy really i think the most important thing is learning how to read the land and be able to um, work with the land if you absolutely need to from a survival point of view you always try not to get into that situation so i always try to have like multiple ways of making a fire I don't want to have to rely on having to make a, uh, which I've never actually tried, the basically you know a, a bow and, and rubbing two sticks together pretty much to make fire. I should try that sometime. But I try to have multiple ways of starting a fire: lighter, ferro rod, matches, many different things. Uh, I backpack, I hike, I kayak and kayak camp, I day hike, I road trip. Sometimes I just go sit by the river and watch the water go by. I mean, anything outdoors I love doing. For the purposes of what I do, either on my videos or in this podcast, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll define a few things so you know as I'm talking about them what I'm saying. Hiking to me is a day hike. Grabbing a, a small backpack maybe and going out for anywhere where you can hike out and be back to your car, be back to the trailhead, you know, within that day, that's just hiking to me. To me, backpacking 
is throwing on a bigger pack, having everything I need for at least two days, you know, an overnight trip, hiking into a spot, setting up a campsite, spending the, the, the night there, get up and, getting up in the morning, packing down, or maybe even base camping there and, and hike, doing day hikes from there for a couple of days, and then packing back down, taking all my stuff out. And that's a multiple day trip for me. Car camping, something I, t- I talk a lot about because it is fun to do, is anytime, picture like state park camping. You drive up, you rent a campsite, you drive right to the, the campsite, right next to your picnic table, you're parked right there, you put your stuff, <laughs> just drag your stuff out of the trunk, throw it on the ground, and you set up right next to your car. That's car camping to me. Those are probably the the, the biggest definitions because there's, there's a lot of things I have my own words for. And like any anywhere you live, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania. We've got our own vocabulary for some things, so I will try to explain some of those as I catch myself saying things like, you know, um, I, I say it a lot when I'm hiking. Well, that's really scruffy. This area, it's just an unmaintained trail, a lot of undergrowth, and around here in the summer, that's just it's tick season, and you don't want to be walking through that stuff. Sometimes, you're also not going to hear me a lot of times talk about what the best blank is like fill in the blank i'm not a big fan of uh, absolutes unless it's something that has already happened i can say well that absolutely happened but there's there's too many variables in life and when it comes to gear or hiking trails or anything the extremity to which you do something you've got people who are you know hobbyists just kind of like to go out and do a hike every now and then and you got people who are hardcore will be in the woods for months there's nothing wrong with either one. So no matter which one of those you are or somewhere in the middle, it's all good. Um, very rarely will you hear me give a, a definition of something that I think is best. If I say it's best, I mean it's best for me. Uh, best for you could be completely different, and that is absolutely fine. When people ask me my opinions on gear or places, I almost always preface it with, look, this is, this is what I think. Um, I'll give you the information I have, and then you go from there. Along those lines, I get <laughs> I get asked a lot of questions um, when people realize I do this kind of thing. 365, I don't care what time of year it is, I will hike camp. I mean, you can't kayak so much in winter because it's frozen, but um, I've pushed it where there's ice on the water. And sometimes people look at me like I'm nuts. So, of course, there's a lot of questions. And I'll try to answer some of those that I can think of off the top of my head. One of the one of the biggest questions I get asked is another one of those fill-in-the-blank kind of questions. Aren't you afraid of insert animal here? In the Northeast, in Pennsylvania, there's really the most dangerous animal we have in the woods are humans. So that's where my biggest concern is. You never know what you're going to come across. Right now, on the west side of the state, there's a... Um, escaped prisoner. They found a, a bag, a garbage bag with some supplies in it, and they believe it's it's his. So that would be my biggest concern, is something like that. As far as bears or coyotes or large cats, officially in Pennsylvania, we only have bobcats. I've seen evidence that says otherwise, but officially we don't have anything larger than the bobcat. I respect those animals, and I understand that they can be dangerous, but in in my experience, I haven't come across a, a really dangerous situation. I've come across some sketchy situations where I've been hiking through the blueberry patches that are, you know, the bushes are over my head. The trail hasn't been maintained well. 
I'm walking through during blueberry season and then suddenly see a dark shadow stand up in front of me and realize, oh crap, that's a huge black bear. And I just surprised it. So yeah, those are situations you want to be aware of. But I stood in a, on a forest road in the Pinchot State Forest last summer with a hoagie in my hand and had a black bear step out of the woods in front of me about 50 feet away, look at me, shake its head like I don't even want to be bothered by you and walked away. I mean, clearly I was eating this hoagie as this bear walked out and it was like, nope, don't even want to be bothered and walked away. The only time black bears are even remotely a concern for me is when I'm in a more popular area, uh, a state park or along something like the Appalachian Trail where you've got defined shelters where there's usually a lot of people. That's where bears tend to get used to people. They lose their fear of, of humans and they are more likely to approach. And they're more likely to learn that if they approach in a certain way, people will drop their food and run. That's where I, I'm a little more cautious. I've had black bears walk right up to me in state parks, in my hammock, and felt their nose against my shoulder, sniffing me. And just been like, whoa, and then it walks away. They get way too close when they're normalized to human beings. So that's one of the reasons why you don't approach wildlife. Don't try to pet them. Don't try to feed them. They are fine. They don't need our help. Let them be wild. Because the more we interact with them, the more they're going to feel comfortable interacting with humans and not every human's going to react well to that situation. And that just becomes dangerous to the bear and to the person or the animal and the person. It's dangerous all around. So yeah, am I afraid of, you know, insert wild animal here? Not so much afraid, but I am respectful. I am cautious and I am diligent around wild animals. One of the other big questions I get asked is where, where do I hike? It, it amazes me um, where I live. I live in, in Oliphant, Pennsylvania. It's in the Lackawanna Valley. There are many people who have lived here their entire lives who have never left the valley. We have, I don't even know, um, within an hour of here, like eight state parks, a bunch. We got a lot of state parks in this area. And the closest one, or one of the closest ones, is Lackawanna State Park. Some people just know that as the state park, and that is, in their mind, the only state park. There's 125 state parks in Pennsylvania. It's a pretty big system. And they just, they have no idea that there's places you can hike. That's just the state parks. We have multiple um, res- uh, like nature preserves and wildlife preserves and conservancies, state parks, county point parks, rail trails, state game lands. There's just all kinds of places to hike. Now, obviously, it's different depending on where you're located. The internet is a great tool. If you're if you're watching or listening to this podcast, you have the internet. You can just do a quick search, hiking trails near me or state parks near me or whatever, depending on what you're looking to do. I know in Pennsylvania, the state park websites at the very top, on the top of the page, is a little banner and it's got little icons for all the different things that are available in the state park. Hiking, staying the night, boating, fishing, hunting, whatever. They got it all listed up there. You click on the icon, it shows you what the regulations are, what you need, if there's a charge, 
you know, if there's maps for whatever, it's all right there. You can download all information. And it's really easy to get all the pertinent information you need. If you're doing something bigger like backpacking, it's usually not as as concise because there's a lot more, especially something big like the Appalachian Trail. There's a lot more resources. A lot more people have their own resources for trails like that, but it's very easy to find. There's there's books and, and trail guides and, and maps and videos and all kinds of stuff that will show you what and where to go. And so finding a place to hike is a lot easier than actually getting out there and, and doing the hike. I will usually suggest things like state parks and county parks to people to get started, um, depending on what their their comfort level is with being outdoors. Sometimes even just a rail trail. It, it gets you outside. It gets you kind of away from people and sunspots, you know, away from civilization, so to speak. Yeah, it's always a good place to start. People who are just getting into camping, I suggest the same thing. State parks, KOAs, things like that where there's a lot of people around, you may be in your own campsite, but it gets you a little bit used to the being outside, sleeping outside. So as far as camping, I suggest the same thing. You start with a state park or a KOA or something like that, where there is a set place to camp. There's usually amenities nearby. Uh, usually there's, there's easily accessible water, but your car is right there. So you can bring everything you need, even a lot of stuff that you probably don't need. And that's how you find out what you need. You take everything you think you're going to need, and then at the end of the trip, you go home, you go, I never use this, and never use that, and never use this, and never use that, and you can start paring down what you actually use. As far as starting backpacking, I usually suggest the same thing. Go to a campground, right? go to a state park, set up a campsite, do a day hike, hike back to camp. Even if you, you don't have to break down all your gear, but go out for a few days and then go out and do a day hike, hike around all day, come back, see how you see how you like it. See how you, can you sleep well? Are you comfortable being out in that kind of an environment for multiple days? There's a lot of things that you may not even realize about yourself that may not allow you to do something like that. Some of the key things I try to tell people to make sure that they have with them hydration and snacks. I it's kind of a joke. I'm always talking about snacks, but it's huge. Keeping yourself Hydrated and fueled is huge. On your normal day, whatever you normally do, you think, oh, I, I don't drink that much water and I don't really eat that much. When you're outside, even just being outside, whether it's hot or it's cold, your body is trying to regulate the, your, its temperature and it burns energy, especially when you're cold. You are your heat source when, you're, when it's cold out, so you want to make sure your calorie intake is a lot higher. So I always suggest snacks, snacks, snacks. Make sure you've got water. Either carry bottled water with you and carry as much water as you think you might need, plus a little bit more, or carry something like a water filter or water tablets. That way, as you come across water, you can collect your own, filter it, or treat it, and then continue. When you're grabbing water, though, don't grab it from the, the river that comes straight through town. If you can all avoid it, because there's going to be, there's road crossings, there's runoff coming into that. And it's not, although it may be, may be clean and your filter may protect you against anything that's in that water. You don't want to take that chance. Try to get it from a side stream. Try not to get it from water that's standing still. Always try to make sure you're getting water from a flowing source. And if you look at it and it looks disgusting, 
unless it's your only option. And I've had to filter some water from some very sketchy sources out on backpacking trips. I trust my, my filter, but I also boiled it. Um, yeah, you try to get flowing water whenever possible to filter it. It is not advised to just drink water, just scoop it up out of the ground or out of a creek and just drink it. Will you be okay? Hmm, could be, but you don't know what's upstream for me, what's what's flowing down. There could be right around a bend, there could be a dead deer in the water and you just scooped up dead deer juice and you drank it. I'm not trying to gross you out, but that's the kind of thing you got to, in the back of your mind, always have kind of kind of there. As far as bigger gear, if you can go camping or backpacking, or, or just hiking, whatever you're going to do. There's two different trains of thought as far as how to acquire gear. Some people go by the idea of buy once, cry once. You do all your research. You ask as many questions as you can. You find the best piece of gear. You buy it regardless, you know, and depending on what activity you're doing, you buy that piece of gear and then you just use it for as long as you can. You make that one purchase and you just stick with it. That works in some instances, but I, I kind of subscribe to a different philosophy, like kind of like the beg, borrow, and steal. Maybe not steal. Steal's a, a, a strong word. Borrow longer. Um, basically, start with what you have. Borrow gear if you can. If you got friends who will lend you gear. If you've got something like an REI near you where they have a membership where they can they loan out gear, rent out gear, do something like that and learn what you like and what you don't like. And if you have to buy something, there's no shame in buying the cheapest thing you can find and then using it because you're going to learn what you don't like about that gear. And then you can always use that as a, as a backup piece of gear in the future or you can loan that out to someone or you can sell it or whatever you want to do with it, but you're going to learn what you like because the the best is always subjective. So what somebody tells you is the best tent or the best hammock or the best jacket or the best whatever is best for them. And just because a million people like one set product doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. So do your research, but also know what what you're using it for, how much money, if it's too much money, don't buy it. Buy, buy the knockoff version. Do buy something, you know, a little bit less Buy last year's model. Who cares? But just the important thing is getting gear that gets you outside and then learning from that. I know a lot of people who use stuff that I would never even think of using. I would never, it would never even cross my mind because it's what they had handy and they used it and it works great. And then they just run with it and it works for them. And if they try something different, they may not like it as much. So there's no wrong way to, to do with the outdoors. The reason why I don't like the whole buy once, cry once kind of mentality is if you've never done this, if you've never gone camping, if you've never gone hiking and you spend a thousand dollars on a piece of gear, and you'll say you, you spend a thousand dollars on a tent, which I know it sounds crazy, but depending on the options you get and what kind of materials you may have, you can get pretty close. And you get out there, and you set it up, and you're all excited, and you lay down in that tent in the middle of the night, and then you hear a 
an owl or, or a porcupine or a raccoon or something. You hear some crazy sound. You never knew what it was. And you sit up and go, nope, I'm done. And you just walk out. Of, you're out $1,000. And I know it sounds crazy. And you're like, oh, that I would never do that. You, you'd be surprised how many times you come across a campsite or you're out backpacking. You come across a campsite and somebody just up and left, just left their gear there. You see it in state parks all the time. People go out, they'll camp once. They'll, they'll hate it. And they, as they're leaving, they go to where all the garbage cans and just take all their gear. They set it down and they drive away and they never turn back and they never do it again. And all that money is wasted. It's just gone. Absolutely ask questions, get people's advice, see, ask them why they like the gear that they're suggesting. Ask them if there's anything they don't like about the gear that they're suggesting. What they don't like about it may be something you're like, I'd absolutely have to have that, that certain aspect of it. So that may not work for me. Or there may be things that they absolutely love about it that you don't care about. A lot of people are crazy about hip belt pockets on backpacks. I couldn't care less. I've got two backpacks that have hip belt pockets. I never use them. Just don't use them. <laughs> they're not big enough. They don't, they're hard to unzip and zip up. They're not big enough to really put anything useful in. I really don't use them. I think the the one pack that I, my, my winter pack, my Osprey uh, Atmos, uh, what I keep in the one hip belt pocket is deodorant. It comes out in the morning, I put deodorant on, I put it back in, that's it. That's, that's all I keep in there. <laughs> that's really all that will fit. So, yeah, do your research, ask questions. And it, I mean, if buy once, cry once is your, your way to go and if that works for you, then that's awesome. But don't be afraid to borrow gear or buy something cheaper and see if you like the concept of it. That's all I'm saying. That's going to do it for this first episode of Hike Files. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to try to incorporate other things into the podcast. And um, yeah, hope you enjoyed it. And normally at the end of my videos, I say see you in the next, but I guess um, talk to you in the next. I don't know. I'll come up with something. Thanks for watching. Talk to you in the next. <laughs>